Support for Innovation Hub comes from Bunker Hill Community College with internship opportunities at Boston's top corporations through BHCC's Learn and Earn program. More information at bhcc.edu le. Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. Albert Einstein and Andy Grove, a co-founder of Intel, are just two of the Jewish emigres who escaped Europe in the middle of the 20th century and boosted American innovation. And we wanted to know, has anyone actually tried to measure how much science in this country was shaped by high-skilled immigrants who came here during and after the war? And it turns out, someone has. In my research, I try to figure out what encourages creativity and innovation. That's Petra Moser. She's an economics professor at NYU. So I've looked at patent laws. I've looked at copyright laws. And one component of that that seems very important is human capital. Uh, which essentially is just good people who know stuff. And high-skilled immigrants are precisely those types of people. Before World War II, America was not the beacon for scientific research that it is today. In fact, Moser says, American scientists sometimes had to learn German to keep up with the latest research. But that changed because of the war. Tens of thousands of German-Jewish emigres came to the U.S., among them were some of the world's best scientists, like Einstein. But there were also thousands of others who toiled away anonymously in research labs. And once they came here, most of them did not have access to high-profile jobs. Well, we shouldn't forget, and I think what's often whitewashed out of the historical accounts is that this was also a period of very vivid anti-Semitism in the United States. So when uh, German-Jewish immigre came to the United States, typically they wouldn't get the great jobs. Uh, for example, DuPont uh, was really desperate for highly skilled chemists. But when they got some really good ones, they said they couldn't put them in prominent positions because they looked too Jewish. That doesn't mean the scientists weren't influential, though. And Moser tried to figure out just how much they contributed to American innovation. Her question was pretty simple. If you were a post-World War II American scientist, did having a whole new batch of immigrants around you make you more productive? Because essentially, if you think about this, a, the arrival of a German immigrant or any immigrant has two opposing effects. One is that if there's now an immigrant, I have to compete with that immigrant. So I may not be able to publish my papers, for example. Another one is that I can now learn from this new person and I can work with them. And so what we find is that second effect dominated overall so that the American inventors became more productive after the German Jewish immigrants arrived in the United States. Basically, scientists in America, though Moser looks specifically at chemists, started filing more patents. They were inventing more stuff. So what we can do here is we can look at the people, at the American scientists who worked with a German-Jewish emigre, and we can look at what happens to their patenting activity. And what we see is that those people actually become more productive. And that pattern of the co-inventors and the co-inventors of the co-inventors becoming more productive matches very closely to the overall increase in patenting that we see in the United States. So what that tells us is that it was not the German-Jewish immigrants themselves that increased invention, but it was 
what they taught other people and what enabled other American scientists to do that caused this increase in U.S. invention. The boost lasted, and it has reverberated over many decades. So now it's really the United States that's the center of innovation. And so even now, there are many extremely good European scientists come to the United States to study. So it's no longer the other way around when before the war, American scientists would go to Europe to do their studies. Now it's the other way around. There are a million international students in the U.S. at the moment. Many of them are studying a branch of science. And if we could keep them here after they graduate, that would likely have major financial upsides. Jennifer Hunt is an economics professor at Rutgers University and the former chief economist at the Department of Labor under President Obama. She has also looked at how high-skilled labor affects U.S. innovation, and she also studies patent productivity. Generally, she says high-skilled immigrants in the U.S., so we're talking college graduates, but some people may have grad degrees, are generating more patents than their American-born peers. The foreign-born are actually twice as likely to patent as natives. She says there are different potential reasons for this. One is, it's tough to immigrate to another country. So the skilled workers who actually make it to America may be gritty and ambitious. But Hunt thinks there are problems with that logic. It turns out that that gap is explained by uh, the concentration of the foreign-born in science and engineering. So it's not that they're just inherently more innovative compared to Americans who sort of studied the same thing. If you're wondering why foreigners study science in greater numbers, it may be because science is a universal language. Science and engineering, especially science, but also engineering, are the same in all countries. And furthermore, you don't really need very good language skills uh, in order to be a scientist or an engineer. That's not, uh, at, at least when you're doing your innovative work, a different issue is if you want to be promoted into management, that's something quite different. So actually, if we're talking about earnings, that's something different. But for innovation, uh, language is really not the emphasis. But of course, just because America is currently the premier place to get a degree in science or engineering doesn't mean that that's going to be true forever. An estimated 17,000 students in the U.S. are originally from one of the seven countries on President Trump's banned list. And some of those bans may be completely lifted in a few months. We don't really know. Odds are, though, that many of those students are studying and doing research in a science or technology-related field. If they decide to study somewhere else, that would be another country's gain. Once again, Petra Moser. So if we restrict immigration and To the extent that this limits the immigration of scientists, it could help revert the balance so that the U.S. no longer is a leader in science but becomes a follower again. And then the other thing to think about is that they're network effects. So scientists like to be around other scientists to do their work. And typically, you know, personality, I would say mostly doesn't matter that much. Uh, Ethnicity doesn't matter. What really matters is how smart somebody are. So lots of us don't have the best social skills, but we're smart, right? So in some way, it tells you that the personal characteristics of the people around you are just not that important. What's really important is that you can work with them and that they're smart and that they know stuff. And then, then you can combine that and make create new innovations. And I think in, in that sense, anything that discourages these types of immigrants from coming here or from staying here, say, after they finish graduate school, is going to hurt U.S. science and innovation. And through that, if it hurts U.S. innovation, it's also going to hurt growth in the long run. 
Petra Moser is an economist at NYU. Jennifer Hunt is an economist at Rutgers. And we're going to have links to their research on our website, innovationhub.org.